Welcome back to Tales from the Pit. This is your content warning. In today's episode, I'll be discussing obsessive compulsion, manic depression, and self-harm with my guest, comedian and raconteur, Jamie Loftus. But first, the thing I insist on doing at the beginning of each episode so I still feel like I'm employed as a writer. In today's case, a screenwriter. The movie? Cyberhack 3. Gigahack. The final hack. Interior. Inner sanctum of the enclave. Underground section. Back room. IT nook. Night. Comma. Stroke of mid. Level 99 hacker Jamie Loftus funnels the infinite crackling energy of her brain space through her fingers in the form of righteous strings of code. Firewalls quench themselves, nodes are denuded, and cookies crumble before her merciless onslaught of letters and numbers, symbols, and things like that. Green tint, you bet your fucking ass. She can barely see through her signature triple-layer sunglasses, and her trademark fingerless gloves hinder her mobility tremendously. But no matter, the hacker known on the streets only as Control Beck Delete has what a black hat needs most, crippling inner doubts and a set of compulsions that threaten to spiral out of control at any moment. Behind Jamie stands Boris, ably played by Alfred Molina, waiting impatiently for the vault to open. His whole life has been leading to this. Boris, how long? Jamie taps out a quick command. Jamie, 10 minutes. Feeling a compulsion to retype the last command in a more technically efficient way, Jamie deletes and re-enters her wicked cyber attack. Then, not really happy with how one of her fingers grazed the side of the key when she hit enter that time, rather than really firmly pushing it, she deletes the entire document and yet again inputs what is unquestionably a level of cyberscript that would flow from Dumbledore's own wand if he ended up in the Matrix. Jamie pauses to stare into space and concoct an elaborate one-woman show combining Matrix and Harry Potter lore. Snape would be the twins with dreadlocks, the sorting hat is a computer, and so on. Jamie continued, Make that 20 minutes. You know what? I'll get back to you. Interior. Jamie's interior. Dark night of the soul. Jamie suddenly wonders whether she should check the rest of the code she input so far today, since the last string she wrote was obviously indicative of her general failure as a human being. She further wonders why she just thought that thought in such negative terms, what her therapist will think about her privately when she shares that thought, and whether this time introspecting and self-flagellating might be more productively used hacking. A good way to find out, she reasons, would be to real quick post a Twitter poll on her phone. Then she could monitor the results compulsively and compare the number of votes to the number of likes and retweets to support her theory that people love to be asked for their opinions but also hate you and wish you would die. Of course, the votes would need to be tallied in a notebook, and said notebook can't be written in until the last notebook is complete. So Jamie starts to take mental notes of what Boris is wearing, saying, and smells like, so that she can input that data into a spreadsheet later on for transferal to the notebook, 
which would free up her notebook slot to start a new notebook where she could tally the results of the Twitter poll about whether she should be spending this time hacking instead. Interior. IT Nook. 11 seconds after midnight. Boris. You've got three. Jamie. What? Boris. You said you need 20 minutes. I'm saying you've got three. I'm sorry if the thoughts seem disconnected. You kind of drifted off there for a while. Jamie. I was coding, okay? It was coding stuff. A security team bursts in, and everyone dies horribly in a hail of assault weapons fire. The security team is comprised entirely of white males, but that doesn't mean we have to make a thing about it. Fade 2. Interior. Therapist's office. Afternoon. Jamie. To therapist. Anyway, that's what I feel like will happen if I sleep more than six hours a night. Therapist. At least Alfred Molina is there. Jamie nods. For it is true. In her dreams, Alfred Molina is there. Alfred Molina is always there. And if you didn't get any of the references in that, you owe it to yourself to get better acquainted with the work and mind of Jamie Loftus. Hopefully our conversation helps. But I'm definitely a person who just... You're like, well, it works. It works it with does a work the job. Around, so yeah, I'll I wait will for not it to deteriorate further. To find the real... Yeah, yeah. I do the same thing. That's a good segue in. Sure. <laughs> Wait, but you do the same thing? Yeah. Everyone, welcome to Tales from the Pit. I'm here with Jamie Loftus. Thank Hi. you so much for being here, Jamie. Hey, thanks for having me. Always quite a pleasure to have you. Basically, because I started rolling somewhere in the middle of that. Uh, listeners, mm. it's just, it's so sloppy here. Small beans is sloppy. Um, there's no official, like, start to, to any of the shows. <laughs> Only one-upsmanship has a format. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're here with Jamie and we're going to be talking about obsessive compulsive disorder. Yeah. And we were talking about how the audio system that's recording this thing you're listening to is somewhat broken, but yeah. it still works enough, so I'm not going to do anything about it. Right. Yeah. And that led, leads me to a great first question, I think, just like sure. a jumping off point, which would be, <laughs> yeah. how is people's media-based perception of the disorder different than what it actually is to live it? Because... I, I would think something that someone with OCD would be triggered by would be things like that, like can't put things off, have to fix things. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I only really, I know, like, it's different for everybody. I know sure. that the general is, like, touching a doorknob a certain number of times or, you know, the world ceases to be for you or mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like, I think people usually associate it with tangible things uh and like being very neat which is not fair to ocd people who are very not neat like me that's kind of uh, what i was wondering is all, yeah, are all no. ocd people really neat and live no no no, no. Okay. i mean yeah i only you know can speak to to myself it's weird i mean i i guess i sort of like to have things a certain way but it's not it that doesn't translate to organization for me i wish i feel like that's the only that's like one of the only available perks of ocd is that you you would be very uh you know very organized but that's That's not the case for me uh we interviewed biba pickles a while back uh someone who struggles with manic depression 
And she Same, did yeah. describe, okay, so maybe yeah. you can verify or you've had a different experience. Yeah, or refute. Yeah. For her, <laughs> well, it is different for Debate. everyone. That's the point. That's no. why this show's got legs, baby. It could yeah. go for years. <laughs> um, this is part one of nine OCD episodes. <laughs> different people refuting each other. Where people are just debating each other and, other, and no, at the end no. we fight. Jamie was full of shit. Yeah. Um, no, She's um, lying. But she did say the manic period's can feel like there's benefits to them. Oh, yeah. Because she kicks ass and can't focus and get shit done as if she'd taken Adderall, but she didn't unless she did. You know what I mean? I mean, mean? and then if you take Adderall on top of (laughs) a manic episode, you're a fucking superhero. Yeah, exactly. do anything. But does OCD have any aspect like that where... No, uh, no, you still look around at your room and you're like, no, I, where's the OCD benefit? Yeah, <laughs> I look at my, I struggle a lot more with my bipolar experience because there are, you know, like the the benefits of mania, if you can call it that, but you know, not to imply that it's a good thing, but no, not at all. The Listen be- to the episode because the depressive right, periods the are not worth it. Brutal, yeah. horrible. Um, but there's no, there's no part to my experience with OCD that's been like, well, there is this, like there's <laughs> pretty universally like, you know, cops will give you shitty. tickets if you have OCD. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like there's no, there's no fringe benefit that I have found. Well, great. Then let's just dive into let's the horrible shit. <laughs> like the, all the good, all the light stuff's out of the way. It is Tales from the Pit. Sure. I mean, so yeah, let's go. just swan dive into the pit. Well, I'll ask why, uh, because you you chose OCD as the topic. Sure. Um, and you had mentioned that you've like referenced it. Because guys, if you don't know, mm. Jamie Loftus is freely available for your ears, many different places. <laughs> yes. Killing it as co-host on Daily Zeitgeist, by the oh, way. Thanks. Or I guess past tense. Is Jack back? I'm there, not like He's back. Yeah, whenever someone falls ill uh, <laughs> or, you know, has reproduces, sure. family member, you know, I'm, I'm not doing any of those things. Hardy and childless. I don't get sick. I don't get pregnant. And that's why I'm always working. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's 99% of success. Yeah. Don't get knocked up and, and don't, don't get, get sick. And don't get sick. Yeah. Um, but why did you want to talk about OCD and can you just like I'm just gonna like lean back can you paint a picture oh, sort cool. of a how it entered your life mm-hmm. what does suck about it what what is it explain um I guess I should disclaim that my whole experience with OCD is also uh oh, directly overlaps with uh manic depressive bipolar whatever you want to call it um which as I understand is like a kind of a peanut butter and je- like in a very unfortunate peanut butter and jelly common? okay uh that's what i've been you know told by the doctors i've spoken to where they're like yeah that sucks but mm. it does happen and it's not like super uncommon gotcha. to happen uh but i was diagnosed with ocd first because those were i think that those symptoms were manifesting throughout my entire life in ways that were clearer um and then when you, when I found out about the bipolar stuff on top of that, you're like, oh, that would make OCD way weirder, <laughs> which is sort of... Meaning, like, did it confuse getting to the bottom of the issue or realizing that they were... Um, I got Well, I got diagnosed with OCD first uh, a couple of years ago. I got diagnosed with both within six months of each other. Um, okay. Which the fun, the, tr- the truly fun... And not in your childhood, like fairly recently? Yeah, yeah, when okay. I was uh, 22, 23. 
Um, Up to that point, is it something that you kind of suspected or was it a moment where you're like, this explains so many things looking back? It was great to get the diagnosis because I know I just thought I had depression issues. Right. Uh, which I mean, which I did, but I, the, I don't know the doctors I'd had prior to, uh, 2016 okay. had sort of just been like, you seem sad, try this. And I was like, I am sad. I will try this. And <laughs> would try. They're like, I'm not a doctor. And they're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm a math teacher, but, <laughs> Uh, I'd done that in, I had the same therapist in Boston for a while and I don't know. I mean, I was sort of, I was in it in a, in a separate pit at that time, uh, and was just like, I'm sad. And she's like, try this. And (laughs) I did, and I didn't like it. I'm very sensitive to when medicines, and this is still a problem of like when medicines fuck with my sleep schedule, Mm. I get very bothered by it and maybe that's an OCD thing Uh, an OCD thing of mine is I don't like to sleep too much if I sleep over a certain amount of time it really affects my moods and attitudes towards myself I assume you're going the opposite way you know because it's such an epidemic of us not getting enough sleep is the problem (laughs) you oversleep and then what does it exacerbate symptoms you would normally have or What's the feeling? I don't know. I mean, I, th- I think that the two illnesses are sort of ping-ponging with each other mm-hmm. in this fun, charming way where uh, the OCD element is like, I don't want to sleep more than six hours. That is always, that's been a metric throughout my life is like, I don't want to sleep more than six hours, except for like a few loose years when I was like 13 and 14 and slept a hundred hours the a day. crazy years. Those wild years I where I never woke in. up. <laughs> uh, but like, even when I was a kid, I had these schedules that I'd make for myself. And I think that like, if your OCD isn't so tangible when you're a kid if it's more stuff in your head and scheduling did you write the schedules up or they were recited in your head I did a lot of weird stuff when I was a kid uh that it was never it's weird because one of my closest friends has OCD that manifested when he was really young but it was the doorknob variety and so I think it was his parents were able to you know realize something was up uh, quicker, where I think my OCD when I was younger manifested in ways that like seemed kind of or the way you know I've talked about it with my family was like it seemed kind of like precocious and cute okay in the ways that like I He's would like young Sheldon right He's yeah a little quirky yeah. right like I would schedule out I would write down everything I did every single day I had these notebooks that I would carry around from like first grade to have like ninth grade mm-hmm. I think uh, I had these notebooks where I would write down in a shorthand that I had made up myself that I'm pretty sure was just like, don't use vowels, but uh-huh. I, I would write down what everyone I came across was wearing, which is super weird. Did you try to remember or it just felt important to have the record? I didn't care about fashion. I still like, don't. Did you go back and ever check? No. Or were you like, that's logged, that's done? No, I just had to get it down. Okay. Yeah. So let me, I mean, push back if anything's uncomfortable, but no, no, no. did, I'm just trying to capture what it, or ask what it, what it actually feels like. Is it just a straight compulsion? Like overwhelmingly I have to do this. Does it feel like something bad's going to happen otherwise? Um, does Um, it like does six hours of sleep a night? Did you land on that? Because that feels right for you and you like routine 
Or does it actually no. feel like, no, I have to do that. It's like a rule I, from beyond it, or something. Yeah, I have okay. to do it or it just makes me, I don't know. I, I Mine tends to like manifest sort of emotionally where it's like if I don't abide by this extremely arbitrary rule I made for myself when I was seven, mm. <laughs> um, I like I am deeply disappointed in myself and upset with myself and feel like I've, you know, fucked up the whole day or the mm-hmm. whole project or the whole whatever it is for not following this dumb rule that no one cares about. Okay, but it's me. not necessarily like a premonition that specific bad things will happen or anything like that. No, no I don't think I'm going to I had a little die. of that. As a kid. I had a little while as a kid right after a nasty car accident where I was very confused in a lot of different ways, but I would... <laughs> I think the closest thing I have that flirts with these feelings is I would be like, I'd have to freeze sometimes. And I thought if mm. I moved, I would die. Oh, that's and terrifying. And that God was like watching me. And then God would be oh like, four and a half minutes have passed. Okay, you can move again. You I've know? never <laughs> suspected that God was I, ever watching me. I truly, cared. fully believed I would die. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's terrifying. Just went, and then the same period I had the one where if I touched anything unevenly, I have to go like, Left, right, right, left, go. both simultaneous. You I would know, do so that like with even. like cracks in the street and stuff like that. But I think that's about as physical as it ever got. I'm pretty sure. I don't really know. I'm but sure. But that's what's interesting is because I think a lot of people are like, uh, oh, I like my pencils perfectly sharp all the time. I'm so right. OCD or I have OCD. Right. So I'm Which just trying like to differentiate between that and like the I, real issue. Yeah. I mean, yeah, There's for some people it does manifest that way I, I think it's very rarely like my pencils and my room <laughs> and my doorknob although you know that I'm sure that does happen yeah. but it's whatever specific things it's just like you get stuck on something that isn't necessarily rational but it's rational to you and then if it's not the way you know your your irrational brain yeah. needs it to be then something is wrong your brain just releases like the punishment chemical like you did bad yeah like it. something yeah. something is wrong and i think i mean and and how you deal with that i guess sort of depends on a number of other factors like i tend to go very much in the direction of like this is my fault how can i fix it uh the th- that you broke your own rules or that yeah. you have ocd Oh, I well, I didn't know I had OCD, so I was like, okay. who fucking knows what's going on? I just know that something's not right. Whatever it is, I can't explain to people, so it's my sure. fault. So yeah, what can well, I do I to make it right? Especially come during periods of depression is just like, why can't I just snap out of it? Like, right. stuff being said, you idiot. Yeah. Right, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's not possible, but no. yeah. But it's nice to, It's. I think it's also like, I want to feel like I'm sort of in control of it, of like, what can I do to help this? And do we, you know, doing something is better than what the reality sometimes is, which is Has, just that you don't know. So if a rule comes to mind, mm-hmm. if it seems, I'm just wondering like how, what day-to-day incorporating it into your life is in the sense that if a rule comes to mind, do you assess whether like, well, I can abide by that rule. That won't cause any problems in my external life, you know? Yeah. Or do you like fight it? Like fight it, Jamie. Don't Ooh. be OCD. Or no. have you gotten over judging yourself and it's just part of you? It's, Where are you with that? 
I don't know. I think I've it's definitely a part of me in a way that I outside of the extremely negative like parts that have hurt me, uh there's parts of it that just like are kind of a part of who I am and mm-hmm. um and some of it is like stuff that I I don't dislike. Um sure. so it's yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if it would be possible to completely remove that element of of me entirely. It's just, you know, managing it better. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. There's not usually many new rules that have come up. In, oh, okay. It's mostly a few general rules that have, you know, been influenced by other people I know or just, like, things I've been through or... The rules have been the same for a long time to the point where some of them I don't even realize that they're rules until you know someone new comes into your life and you're just like oh no this is what it is and they're like what oh. are you talking about and you're like, oh, like no you I never, can't sleep I, you maybe even never bumped up against anything that so you're like sure that's yeah. just the thing I do and then you're like oh no that is different than other people's routine or whatever yeah if you're like bringing someone new into your life and they're just like what is this or you're like that is not no that's not regular that's You're a right. list of what you are wearing for like <laughs> yeah this is a notebook yeah. i have where i we have uh, iphones i was glad Take to, a picture of me i was very glad <laughs> to kick that that was but it was that it, it was sounds very work intensive yeah it was yeah it was I, w- I would write down i would copy out tv guides i would copy out entire books where did they um, end up where do they live they're still at my house <laughs> they're the, no they're in my they're in my uh some somewhere in my yeah. dad's house uh we still have all of them it's just like literally a stack of you know 200 fuzzy notebooks yeah, but it's also terrifying. What a terrible segue. Speaking yeah. of fuzzy, <laughs> that is what I wanted to mention. Is it's so uh, the line is so blurry when you talk about well, what is just a routine? There's plenty of people who are anal or adhere to a routine or just like specific routines. Mm-hmm. When does it become a problem? And I guess the general rule of thumb is like when it gets in the way of your life or is detrimental yeah. to yeah it's when it starts hurting you, you and others be. yeah right like you're spending every day writing your notebook after school could arguably cut into time you could have been doing better stuff you know sure yeah, yeah. uh yeah but it's that i mean no one really picked up on it when i was little because they were just like jamie wants to be a writer so she does this you know like and, totally and i can't fault them for that i like who would you know, no, if my little kid had like spiral bound notebooks and was writing all the time, You'd be like, I'd just how be studious, like, how cool. They're way like advanced. They're an old soul. They're going to be a novelist. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. And that I mean, was... that's not a thing you discourage your kid if they take an interest in writing. And yeah. like writing over you know, whatever. Like my, my parents were stoked. My dad was a journalist and he was like, yeah, oh, see, yeah check it you out. You know? Yeah. So, uh, you know, no one was discouraging me from the notebooks. I just, <laughs> I don't know that anyone was, I, I, I don't really remember how much I was disclosing what was in the notebooks I know from my classmates I was definitely really careful that they didn't see Mm -hmm. what I was writing because it looked like hieroglyphics that if they could figure out what it meant I I would be the fucking weirdest kid in the world which was already you know oh you have the the feeling that like people would make fun of me if they saw these notebooks or something. Yeah, I mean when I was doing it in like elementary school, I I didn't have like a lot of 
too much trouble fitting in until like middle school so in Mm -hmm. elementary school when i was doing this the whole time i was like very careful that no one knew i well because i was like if i thought that my friend was doing this to me I would make fun of them, you know, (laughs) I would make fun of them. It's weird. And so I was really careful that I think my best friend Jade knew, but pretty much everyone else, even my friends and my cousins probably knew, but like, did you never like pass notes in class using that language? No, no. It seems like that would make you cool in elementary school. Jamie invented a code. We can do whatever we want now. No, the vowels would come out when I pass notes. I guess the teacher wouldn't have to be too bright to look at the board and like, this says I'm a bitch. I can read it. Right. There's just vowels missing, (laughs) you stupid kids. I (laughs) I also, I was just, I I don't know why I was like, I'm a genius. They're not going to figure it out. They're just going to think I'm writing letters down all day. Mm -hmm. But it's like writing down their full names without vowels. Like, it would right, have been right, pretty right. easy to figure out who was who. Also, if I saw a friend and I truly believed they spent a lot of time writing down random assortments of strings of letters, mm-hmm. I would also ask, you would what's also that about? Think you're yeah. Weird. Like, yeah, so I was really careful to... I like There was a time in second grade that I remember so clearly that someone took my notebook away and it was like a classmate and I was like, oh, this is so horrible. Like, I was terrified. And then before he could read it, the teacher took it. And I was really relieved (laughs) because Mm -hmm. usually I was, like, I was usually cool with teachers. And I don't even think anyone ended up looking in it. Like, I think they were just like, hey, don't take that from her. Hey, here's your Lilo and Stitch thing. (sighs) Nice. And then I would have my Lilo and Stitch notebook bag. Is that, I forget which, so you're in a Stitch shirt today, right? I am in a stitcher nice. today. I did, I had I had all whatever notebook cost seventy five cents <laughs> sure. was the notebook that right, I had. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, whatever notebook. I I do think that <laughs> that was a Lilo and Stitch notebook that I had put glitter glue on because I remember that very clearly. I didn't know if it would be condescending to ask. I was like, did you decorate the notebooks? Were they adorable? Sometimes they that. were really cute. <laughs> yeah. The Lilo and Stitch one was a cute one. Uh, Man, that'd be amazing if like one of your parents is just like, I know it's wrong, but I ain't snooping. I just want to see what little sweepy's up to. <laughs> Look at this adorable unicorn one. It's got the glitter and glue. April fourth, Jamie says, you know, like, like Brenda Fleischman, yellow blazer, right? <laughs> like like r- yellow what's her, shirt. What's she planning? There, it, yeah, 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 kind of. Uh, yeah, so that was just like that was the earliest manifestation of it i can i i have physical proof of but it was also like i would try to do this thing where i would try to and it was from a i was such a fucking loser kid and i was really little hey now i don't like that kind of talk in the pit well (laughs) hold on all right i would when i continue you fucking loser my (laughs) my uh my like rebellion when I was really little was I had this like 80s era like bunny ears TV that oh, my, had belonged yeah. to my dad in college yeah. or something um, and 
I was in my room and it could get like three channels, mm -hmm. but there was one channel it could get from Rhode Island that would play Frasier from 10 p.m. to 11 p.m., which was like past my bedtime. Like a affiliate or something? Okay. Yeah, it was like my TV 87. I was watching the Frasier pilot when you texted to say you were here for this recording no session. No way! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I love, I mean, I still love Frasier, but I loved Frasier when I was a kid because I, I like any show or book that referenced other things constantly mm -hmm. was a big deal for yep. my notebooks because I oh, had notebooks okay, where when it. they would mention something that I didn't know what it was, I would write it down and then spend, you know, by whatever means necessary, but usually just like Google at the library, uh, would figure out what that thing was and then just have this like weird. So that was good. But did Wikipedia exist at this time? It probably may be in very archaic, or I don't even know. I know Google definitely existed, but Wikipedia might not have. Because it almost sounds like you just really love to learn. I do. But also so futile, because in a way you're just writing swaths of things that are probably on Wikipedia. Like, I don't, they probably weren't at this time, but it was. Sure. It was important for me that. I had them down in my notebook right, for some right. reason, like all in shorthand. There was all in shorthand, uh, but there was some. There was something on Fraser. It was a joke, but I was a child and was like, "Oh," where it was a joke that someone made about like if they could get up at three a.m. every day, imagine how much they could accomplish. And I was mm -hmm. like, "Oh, I'm gonna." do that and I did that for like <laughs> I would like wake up in secret and try to would like try to build out my day like this I don't I mean I wish I could I knew what episode it was but it was just on mm -hmm. Rhode Island TV you right, know? Sure. Yeah. but yeah I would try to build up my days in very particular ways and wake up really early and be like okay I'll go to bed at nine o'clock and then I'll get up no later than 3 a.m and then I'll start doing this 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 and this and the structure of days so still six hours over. still yeah that was how like, do you that do was... physically on six hours like if i did six hours every night i'd be zombie mode are you okay with it pretty much uh, yeah or? i do okay with it okay. and then when in manic phases less uh, sure. but but uh six is usually good for me let me ask you this do you have a lot of anxiety around like what you want to accomplish in your limited time on earth is that yeah, yeah. Because that's what I'm getting, but that could be me projecting my issues <laughs> onto what you're saying. No, I mean... But is that what is, like, the root of getting up at 3 a.m.? Because... Yeah, I mean, I've definitely... <laughs> X amount of time to do more stuff, right? Yeah, like, yeah, I'm 1,000% yeah. more afraid of, like, failure than death, mm -hmm. for sure. And, like, and, and trying to modify that to be, like, failing myself versus failing on any arbitrary metric mm. but even that I, you know i don't i'm not a very fair person to myself so that's not a perfect thing either i mean that's so important though and i think yeah. it's important to underline and we wish you continued success with that because we are I, yeah. that's that's the most common thing is uh people are more fair to people around them than themselves Always, uh, yeah. yeah i can't remember there was some lecturer who was going around with like a feel-good video on YouTube late recently mm -hmm. and his thing was he realized that he was saying sentences to himself in his head mm -hmm. that are like comically like it like absurd if your friend walked up 
and they were like, oh, no, I'm sorry, I spilled and it, a little got on your coat, would you say out loud to them, well, you're a fucking loser and valueless to society. Wow. Why don't you kill yourself? Mm-hmm. But you'll think that to yourself, you know, in response to the same stimulus. Right. So I just think that's a huge part of introspection work. Maybe not for everyone, but certainly for a lot of people I talk to and for myself is stop being an asshole to yourself. And man, I still can't do the other thing you said, which is... Oh, I mean, I can't either. Not have my sense of worth based on external validation sure from anywhere right like someone i don't know (laughs) or respect or no like a stranger could come up and be like that you look ugly today and i'll be like i could feel that going i can feel my notch in society going down one notch yeah yeah Yeah, it's like who the fuck is that guy i don't know yeah i mean and i'll seek out stuff like that too like the bad stuff just to find someone who's saying the mean thing that you're thinking and then just being like yep there it is and damn you're a working comedian in the age of the internet that's like (laughs) i mean but i i do compulsively do that i know jack o'brien used to wander the halls and be like what the fuck you don't look at that yeah. When it's like, you guys are all just gay and you, I hate you. It's like, yeah. why are you using work time seeking out, like going to YouTube and going uh, most upvoted comments and skipping all the good ones and being like, well, here's the meanest thing that the most people are saying about us. Right. It's so human, though. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Yeah. 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 Man, that sucks. <laughs> well. It's too bad that people do that. Is it too intrusive to ask? What some of the rules are that you still abide by? Um, no, I mean I don't know how specific I could really get about it. It's it's, I guess, confusing to talk about because it's just so ingrained into. I've been doing it for so you know twenty years, uh, since right. I started. These rules started really forming in earnest. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's mostly connected to use of time and, um over time has become how I relate to the internet and how I relate to that sort of stuff where when things are bad, I'm usually compulsively checking something, Mm -hmm. uh, or yeah, just like compulsively checking the same thing over and over. That doesn't really make sense. Uh, or yeah, I mean that I have to be working a certain amount of time and if I work less then something is broken, if I, spend too much time on myself or on a relationship or on something like that that's bad can't do that um do you quantize everything as amount of work meaning like i've i've realized i've just started working on this i have a big problem with i enjoy work so much and stake my worth to it so much that Mm. start to think of like someone will look at my schedule and go I thought you said you were working all day or we couldn't hang out because you were working all day. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, right. There's like eight units of work, work, two units of cleaning my apartment. And they're like, that's not work. I'm like, everything is work. Like one and a half units of <laughs> hanging a- out with Jen to nurture the relationship so it won't wither. That's a and they're healthy- like, you shouldn't think of the relationship as work. I'm like, well, everything in life is just minutes and what you're doing in that minute. And if it's productive. Yeah, and, well, no one yeah. has to be born, so everything is work, really. Uh, yeah, so and I can't, speaking of my girlfriend, Jennifer can, uh-huh. will say, I'll say, what do you want to do tonight? And she'll say nothing, mm. and she'll sit on the couch and look at the wall, <laughs> and I'll go, like, what do you want to watch? And she'll be like, 
oh, I'm a little overstimulated. I meant just sit here. And I'm like, I'm going to go insane. There, I cannot do that. Uh, yeah, I yeah. couldn't do it. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, work is like my only source of uh, esteem in any way. Um, <laughs> I'm not I'm nodding vigorously because that resonates with me not yeah. to encourage you. I'm like, yes, it is, Jamie. Yeah. And it's <laughs> without I, your comedy, you are nothing. I wish I, I wish I were able to view certain things as work um the way that you're just describing i mean like oh, okay. I, w- I wish i were able to do that oh really yeah because my problem is i don't know what else there is or i don't know how you view something as not work oh i like, mean like oh i'm just doing this it's not yeah. draining to me i don't <laughs> to me i wake up with x amount of resources and there's nothing i do that doesn't drain those resources i guess is right i mean that's like yeah this is being depressive right where you're just like i i, I this is my oh, tank fuck. and this is where you realize i'm depressed for this the is first time I- ever <laughs> speaking of which do you find it like during depressive periods is ocd or the anxiety around ocd really raised or yeah. does it help distract you from depression or they only make each other worse what's that like um it's really i mean it's not good it's definitely bad uh i don't i don't know i i am able to function pretty highly even through depressive periods which is lucky and not lucky because it's i mean it's good because i can normally continue at a semi-normal pace but then the confusing thing is like I feel and I feel like I'm almost doing it right now or it's like I'm describing a pace of life and I know that there's something wrong but when I describe it to other people they're like yeah that sounds fine and it's like not until something bad happens or until like I'm in like I call someone from a hospital or I'm just like something is really wrong you know I was trying to tell you but I just I, I just can't describe it really um and then it's not until something bad happens that they're like, oh, wow, that, yeah, that, that, okay, something is wrong. Because it's just, I, I'm, I'm, for the most part, unless I'm really close with someone, it's like not really easy to, to distinguish usually. Or that's what, yeah. that's what I've been told by people right, who right, are surprised right. when I call well, them Well, because it sounds like you're also someone who is very, very focused on accomplishment and it is like well if i allowed my depression or in my case when alcoholism was a really big issue in my life mm-hmm. i still did every assignment on time and no one except the very closest people to me even knew anything was wrong yeah because well if i don't accomplish everything it's only going to get worse like that's the fastest way to make me more depressed and self-loathing right even though i know consciously the whole point of the exercise should actually be no work is not the priority right now mm-hmm. you're having this issue to focus on or whatever right especially in depressed periods man i think you just you said a mouthful like that last oh, spiel yeah. was very profound <laughs> But uh, I don't want it, the podcast to trail away into silence. Oh. So I'm thinking of more questions. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> unless you have a link to, ready to go. No, I, well, I just, I um, am kind of coming out of a period like that now where it was like, just, I mean, it was really kind of just like my, my boyfriend and my closest friend and my brother were, I mean, the three people most likely to, to recognize when things are like mm-hmm. not completely 
right? And um, so things were sort of headed that way and I just wasn't, I don't know, just, yeah, something wasn't right. And I was falling into a depressive state, but for me that usually just manifests with being harder on myself and uh, feeling <laughs> feeling horrible, but trying to work through that until you hit a wall, which it happened to me like two weeks ago. Right, because you're only allowed to give up if it's an emergency, right? Or you're only allowed to fail if it reaches a point where you have a panic attack or whatever. Right, and then, yeah, you're That's just how, like... Yeah, I think I'm, a lot of people feel when they're depressed. Sure. Let me ask you, do you... Have you cultivated any kind of separation or that voice that tells you you're just being depressed? Don't pay attention to your own thinking right now. It's not fully rational. Or do you need people around like your support network to sort of make you realize you're depressed? Because I'm like 50-50, which is way better than I used to be. That's great. But I do (laughs) find that one of the challenges with being depressed is getting to the point where you can have a thought surface that is... They'd all be happier if you were dead and Mm -hmm. then have another voice that instinctually comes in that goes, yeah, but you're only thinking that because you're depressed. You should try and not think that again. Yeah. It passes, you know, I I definitely have that reflex, um, but I don't know how useful it always it always is. Like sometimes it, it is useful and other times I'm like. Okay, well, those were two successive thoughts, and I feel the same. Sure. Uh, where it's sometimes <laughs> yeah. when I train myself to have a reflexive thought of like, like oh, if you think thought. this, then think this, and it's like, well, there are two thoughts, and I still feel like absolute fucking garbage. What can I do about it? Um, which is not a, the solution. I'm not suggesting it is, but that's usually, I've I've gotten really frustrated in treatment, kind of for that reason of like, mm-hmm. you know, sure, I can train myself to think a reflexive that but unless i can internalize the meaning of it it's like i'm just thinking two things in a row and right that's it yeah i've seen very minute but appreciable progress over like 10 years in my life but i'm not here to say that it's easy and i don't even know that maybe i'm just super lucky to have made any progress at all like i don't no, know that's amazing but i do know or i want i do want to encourage people to try cuz i i've seen i'm not encouraging people life. to not try no you're not but i'm just speaking I to my own to experience but also i think what you're speaking to is it's such a mindfuck how depression can trick you when you're not depressed it's so obvious that depression yeah. is illogical in a way and then when you're depressed, it's so like good at making you go, no, no, I was wrong before. This is right. This is what the world actually looks like. Right. Like I don't know who that naive child was, yeah. but I'm just observing things correctly now. Yeah. Right. What have you found? I never want to get all the way through an episode without talking about coping. Sure. What have you tried? What works and doesn't work? both for depression or OCD or both, if you found anything? Uh, I'm still figuring that out. Uh, it's, you know, I've tried a bunch of different stuff. For OCD, I did um, I did exposure therapy, which was, I took, I, th- I think I was doing that for about eight months. So that's like... With did my someone force you to sleep for eight hours and then just be like, how do you feel? Uh, no, the thing that got things you know set off in a really bad direction a couple years ago was the the checking impulse where i would be checking stuff um 
yeah. constantly and to the point where it was like taking up hours in a day like it's taking up a lot of my life and I wasn't able to sleep and you know all this stuff mm-hmm. um so that was the thing that we targeted mm-hmm. um and it was it was pretty helpful um and it's that is like the reflexive lesson that is st- stuck with me the most in the, like the three years since has been even though I still sometimes do it, it's just like mm-hmm. knowing the the thought process that was introduced to me, which is like, okay, what if the thing you're thinking is true? What's the worst thing that could be a result oh, sure. of that? And then, okay, if that's true, what's the worst thing that could be a result of that? And asking that question however many times until you reach the I don't the know, but conclusion. you're a gifted writer. I feel like you could get it to the end of the world no matter what. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, we got pretty far into some sessions. Yeah. <laughs> but usually, you know, eventually you always reach the conclusion that it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not that. The therapist, they were like, well, that's a stretch, but okay, then what would happen? Right. Like, and then that's not likely to happen. And so at the end, you know, you'd be like, so all of that was irrational. But Mm. even if you follow the irrational path, you still realize that you're going to be fine. And so um, that was helpful for me um, and definitely helped switch my frame of thought a little bit. Um, I've dabbled in the medications. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've been going to therapy for a while. Um, It's weird because in a lot of ways, I think that work does help (sighs) me um, process stuff and... um, you know, talk to people and, and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, and I mean, I don't know. It's sort of an ongoing process. It's so weird because I'm also coming off of a recent depressive period. Mm-hmm. That, so we're both here, in a way, performing to each other that we're not depressed. Well, we talk openly, admitting that we're depressed. both depressed. I'm definitely depressed. I know, but you're still on. You're still like going to make a good podcast because you're not going <laughs> to let me down, which is kind of you. And vice versa, I'm not going to like I'm, put I'm some bullshit out. You know what I mean? Grateful to be here. But it's, nice. and I think you're right that one of the things we're very lucky to be in the creative arts for our line of work is it's very cathartic. At least sometimes. Sometimes it's random bullshit, but (laughs) or just wackiness or whatever. But man, I don't think if I worked at like a data entry place, I could. You know, I wouldn't have time in my life. Like I sympathize so much for people who don't even have time to introspect. Right. Whereas I get to introspect by writing something about whatever. Right. So it's like at least you're you're able to sort of scratch the why am I depressed and <laughs> yeah, exactly. but I'm being like I'm being productive while I figure that out yeah. uh, which is a fun fun hack yeah and if you are a you got all right you got 43 minutes before you reference hacking good job oh. That's <laughs> <a new>. um, <laughs> what's your oh it's the total diversion but sorry I w- oh, yeah. reminded myself of your twitter presence so now I gotta ask okay what's the current status of the Mensa beef oh are oh, they coming hi. at you yeah, sure. There. <laughs> sure, whatever. There the uh, it's just a constant uh state. So that's what so was stirring that up. You're on the righteous side of history, but is that an example of one of those things? Are you addicted to the negative feedback from these objective dumb assholes? <laughs> like are you like Sure, yeah, yeah. Call me an idiot. Uh I mean, I don't want it to happen but i know that it's going to happen and if it's going to happen then i want to know 
but you're not the safest comedian. Like you, you don't shy away from people saying negative things about you. I would say, or no, at least I, on your social media presence. Yeah, no, I like to. I mean, I like to talk to people uh, who have mean things to say and have. Um, oh yeah, you you told us that you're going to meet a detractor in life, right? Yeah, yeah. They'll never. They're all cowards. <laughs> they're all cowards. They're nihilists. Yeah. These men believe in nothing, Jamie. They're, <laughs> they're cowards. They're but but. Uh, that's true, but also I am interested in in them. But that's mind blowing to me that I would never have the guts to do that, or like um, uh, I don't even know if it's. I mean, I think it's kind of self flagellation, um, and probably that's very interesting. Probably vaguely narcissistic too. Um, but, but that's <laughs> now you're on this two sides of the coin where it feels you flagellate yourself for being depressed because it feels self centered to be depressed. Yeah. Right. Sure. Right. Or I will sometimes also feel. Uh, I'm a workaholic, but then literally the exact same hour have a surge of emotion. They're like, no, I'm the laziest motherfucker that ever lived. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. Or I don't know. It's never in the middle. Right. It's bizarre. And, and it's, I feel like people who are self-loathing almost always end up at a place where they can see both sides where they're like, yeah, but in a way, my self-loathing is because I'm so vain. Like, what standard do I actually think I'm supposed to live up to? Did I think I was a god, a golden god, or what? Right. Like, I, what am I flagellating myself for not living up to? And then it's just like, man, that's all a lot of energy to to have the to be having these discussions with yourself constantly. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird because it. I my my family was always like really good about. Um, I don't like just like encouraging us to like set our own bar and whatever. Everyone's on their own journey and we're all creating our own yardstick and all that stuff. So were they, where were they on the spectrum of like, this is America. If you work hard, you could be president or an astronaut or a cowboy. Oh, they never said that for sure. (laughs) It was never. My parents were like that. And I have this vague feeling that that's like where the bar that is too high came from, you know? <laughs> okay. My, my parents were, I, they were, their only real like rule that I ever had an issue with was like the, just like if you start something, you have to see it through no matter what. That was oh, like, okay. that was like the rule that threw me when Mama I didn't. Loftus didn't raise no quitters. <laughs> right. And it was also just like, uh, we can't afford soccer. So if you insist on having soccer and we put soccer on a credit card, you're finishing soccer, that sort of thing. Um, so, but they, but they were very good about, hi kitty. Uh, they were very good about, I think your cat's going to kiss me. Random kitten invasions. Also (laughs) good coping mechanism for depression. God, my dog has been incredible. Um, Although he's a men's rights activist, isn't he? I overlooked that because he's very... Or he's flirting with it. Like, I wouldn't call him hardcore, but yeah, he's, he's going that way. He's radicalized by YouTube. That's uh, it. It's That's a big it. problem with young people right now. And, and, their, and dogs. And, yeah, young dog. I mean, he's a young dog. Even in dog years, he's yeah. under seven. So, it's hard. What are you smelling? Um, my roommate yeah. cat's Clark Gable. Is oh. in love with Jamie. I know we're really hitting it off. And they're right <laughs> just knocked the microphone <laughs> off the table. All right, so that's hey, the Clark. limit. I'm gonna move Clarky. Bye, Clark. But uh, you were talking about your crippling depression. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, what were we? <laughs> uh, just the sorry. Get the, this kitten out of here. <laughs> we were talking about grief. He's too damn cute. <laughs> his eye, the size of his eyes to his skull is it's, pretty impressive. I yeah. love it. <laughs> I love it. He's like an anime character. Uh, 
but yeah, just the whole like setting your own bar versus your own like whatever creating your own version of success that's right well that was very chill of them that was really yeah Yeah. and it was like i think that that played out in their lives to a degree of my mom would always talk about like well when i was younger i really wanted to be an actor but then i became a teacher but that ended up actually being great and the right decision and like she never seemed to really have much like bitterness about the priority changing and she uh. and I mean maybe she was fucking lying but it it <laughs> made a difference to me when when I was little about you know creating what is your version of a good life look like uh I think kind of on, due to a stew of mental illnesses and just how I am uh I have made that yardstick incredibly difficult mm-hmm. for myself and probably even more difficult than people would ask of me realistically right which is stupid like and i'm like (laughs) man i wish i had just been taught to like do as much as was asked of me of society i'd probably be doing less right i don't know i don't know because it's just you know i create meaning i just create work for myself because i can't not do it enough because everything's so relative that it becomes unknowable yeah like i know other comedians who think I must be satisfied and will die happy because Cracked was a big deal at one point. I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do for the next 45 years? (laughs) Like, no, no. I wanted to be so much higher than that. You know, and I still like am driving towards greater heights. Sure. So interesting, though, because in my case, my dad... Mm. uh, wanted to be in film and television mm-hmm. had us instead formed a business showed tremendous business acumen grew the business sold it provided for us our whole lives but constantly was saying stuff like would have been nice to be a filmmaker though and i mean if you're my therapist there's something there i don't understand for it sure. fully, but i might be george w bushing life for the whole situation like, you're living on dad's dream i'm gonna make a movie for you daddy <laughs> <laughs> my i don't yeah i guess i i grew up in a more my my dad especially works so hard but is so like, I don't even know where exactly this, I think it comes from like our whole like Irish working class family of like, uh, sometimes if you are like, you work really, really hard and then you die and that's great. And, <laughs> and you're, and we love that about you. Um, but, and you're looking in a mirror talking to yourself <laughs> every single in morning. A coal mine. <laughs> but there, there's also this like weird, uh, element of, don't sell out. That was a big thing in my okay. family. Like, do do my dad at multiple points in my childhood in ways that I'm sure could have possibly improved our quality of life. Mm-hmm. Turned down various promotions and relocations and just jobs right. uh, because of some uh, ideological or like some sort of like. Well, going from this paper to this paper would be selling out for yeah. whatever the reason was. And uh, so it was just like work really hard in a place where you may be suffering, but at least you have your values, uh, right. which is, 
you know, a mixed lesson. I think uh, that it is both served it's, and not served everyone. I feel like it's hardly even a thing anymore. Like, <sighs> yeah, millennial age and below, mm-hmm. people don't even give a shit if you sell it. Or like, social media inverted that paradigm. Society used to encourage you or say like, your dignity is inversely proportional to, yeah, how much you are consistent with your beliefs and through your work. And I feel like now, no, no, no. The more Instagram followers, the better. We don't even like, it's, there's no shame in having 28 million Instagram followers. Everyone thinks you're hot shit. If you have 28 million Instagram followers, sure. There would be a time where people would argue about this band sold out at this point because this album sold X number of like, I just feel like that's not even a conversation anymore. Now everyone yeah. would want their favorite artist to be. I mean, there's still exceptions. That's true. There are artists with persona that they could betray by doing a commercial. You're right about that. Yeah. I mean, but I don't know. I, I guess I just mean more like um, being like full of shit about something that you care about where he. Uh, but he, were the papers that he might be moving to at odds with his beliefs or did you get the feeling that he felt uh, like. I've no felt I a was, special joy from not selling out. Uh, I don't know. I don't was eight. Know. I was eight. <laughs> sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I just thought we were going to move a couple times, and then we and then we wouldn't. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, I I you know trust his opinion to an extent. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really know any better, but um, I think that yeah, he wouldn't he wouldn't want to work for a place that was at odds with whatever arbitrary yeah. value system that he has, um, which I think is you know admirable in some ways but in other Definitely. ways it gets you stuck sometimes that's i guess there's no easy rule of thumb because i've seen I, yeah. in my life i know people where it's both ways like right where i was really happy they didn't sell out and then and people where i feel like they're just foregoing opportunities because they romanticize right their bitterness actually after a certain point sure, <laughs> you know sure um that's someone in my family. I won't say who they are, so I won't get back to them. <laughs> okay. It's a weird dichotomy. I don't know really right. what to make of it. Uh, but it was something that definitely helped uh, form my very weird, strict code of living that I have for mm-hmm. myself. Do you have any kind of opinion on traditional talking therapy versus like cognitive behavioral therapy? Or what's your jam um, therapy-wise? What are the sessions like? I've done both. Uh, I don't know. It's for me. It's kind of depended uh, where I'm at personally. Where sometimes I've been in places where talk therapy has been transformative and great for me, mm-hmm. and I've been in other places where it's done nothing and made me more anxious and frustrated. Um, uh, and cognitive cognitive does has worked for me. Um, if I stick to it, which sometimes I have and sometimes I haven't. I just ask because it seems like with something that's about mental constructs of very strict rules, CBT yeah. would be like the perfect yeah, I mean, uh, thing I if you're just trying to like curb certain of the behaviors or encourage others. The um, Yeah, doing the exposure therapy was definitely a game changer in the way that uh, I viewed certain things for sure. Oh, wait. Yeah. So I, I still don't, I don't feel like I got to the bottom of how did they expose you to the idea of being late or was it exposure to oh, not it, checking things? How not do you, how things. do you 
functionally do that in exposure therapy. Uh, Someone will just sit with you for like two hours and be like, you're not allowed to check anything for two hours. No, you're exposing yourself to it. So you're, you are checking it. Oh, it's go nuts. Lean into it. Check as much as you want. Yeah. You're supposed to set certain times in the day where you're allowed to do the thing that you can't do, but you can't let it like the, the challenge was I can't let this take up hours of my day. I'm allowed to do it between five and five fifteen every day. Oh, okay. And then there's a certain time of week where my therapist and I would do nothing but check and talk about what about it was making me frustrated. How was I viewing it? How was, you know, like how were, were certain there any periods where you could forget me? about it during the day or are you always thinking about it? No, I mean, it went down gradually. I mean, it definitely didn't remain at three hours a day or wherever it was at the very worst. Um, It definitely did go down. It never Mm -hmm. completely goes away, but... You know. Okay, I'm so dumb. I thought exposure therapy was like you're scared of spiders. Here's some spiders. Like I mean, that's sort up. of what it is. It's right. like you're, you don't like, want to do be checking. How do you expose yourself to not checking something? Yeah. Did they manacle you and go? You cannot <laughs> check anything. You can't check your phone. I mean, it's just <laughs> yeah. not realistic. Uh, no. I'm gonna have a phone. It's just. <laughs> I have a feeling this was said in therapy. You can't stop me. I'm getting my phone back. I'm just, (laughs) it's silly to, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's weird. I, I definitely, because like it's exacerbated by OCD especially, but I like, no one has a healthy relationship with the internet, but uh, OCD does not, the, the, the way it manifests in me uh, doesn't, does not make it better. It makes it pretty. Social media is like tailored to. And man, do you even, do you play that. phone games at all? I can't let myself. That's know. what I meant. Is like they're tailor made to actually exploit uh, yeah. a- anxious type people, OCD tendencies like that. Like I can't, I can't. Don't play Candy Crush or it no, will just swallow you. I mean, I can't play video games either. Like there's certain things that I enjoy that I don't let myself have. For well, you're like now there's a whole second virtual world different. with a bunch of shit I'm supposed to get done in X amount of time. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't I can't dip my toe in that. It would be too fucked up. The trick is to start a video game podcast. So you <laughs> do it for work. You know, there's not enough video game podcasts. Hey, I've really got to make myself heard in that. I detect sarcasm. <laughs> oh, I had such a good question that now I this is going to bother me. <laughs> I had such a good closer question. And I'm stalling to see if it's going to come to mind. Is it going to come? Is it? We were talking about oh. my cat's cute face. Yes. Love Clark. CD. Uh-huh. Now forget it. No. I'll just have to have you back sometime. Okay. Um, But thank you so much for sharing so generously. Sure. Uh, if you're someone out there who struggles with obsessive compulsive disorder, please chime in in the comments. Nothing negative, or Jamie will obsessively read it <laughs> 20 times mm-hmm. and then beat herself up about it. I remembered. Yeah. Okay, no, it's just an anecdote. Oh, okay. But uh, I saw a documentary short that always really stuck with me about a guy who compulsively hit himself in the head, which is something I do, but only when I'm really depressed. He okay. did it all the time. Like, he wouldn't even be mad at himself, but in the middle of the day, he'd compulsively have to hit himself in the head. That reminds me of something. Sorry, continue. Well, they transitioned him to, like, he had soft handcuffs for a while, and then they transitioned him to holding two glasses of water. Uh-huh. So, like, while he was talking to people, he couldn't really hit himself in the head. 
because he would have to drop the water got and he it. got better and better just holding the water. Yeah. And then they had him just wear a wristwatch and think okay. of it as holding two glasses of water. Oh. And it worked for him for the rest of his life. I just think that's, that's amazing. so amazing. Yeah. That's lovely. So apparently the human brain is capable of great psychological change. Yeah. But when I try I, to make it, it takes 11 years to make <laughs> a tiny little change. I, for- <laughs> I forgot. I was going to say... Um, yeah, I guess I was like, I didn't know what part of the podcast we talk about the pit, but yeah. the oh, is, did you hold withhold some darkness? You're ready to drop. I guess so. I don't know. I kind I do kind of forget about stuff a lot because I think I've, I'm, uh, uh, you know, I just high high functioning equals for forgetting about stuff voluntarily, sure. constantly. Yeah. Uh, but the reason that people f- figured out that I was OCD uh, was not because of the compulsive checking behavior. Uh, no one I, found a notebook stack or anything like that? No, I started, it, it did start to manifest itself physically when it was really bad. Uh, I started compulsively scratching at uh, my skin and I had like 200 open wounds. Oh, shit. Uh, on, and like, that was like... on meth? <laughs> No, no one. I mean, no one knew. I just wore sleeves in oh. June. Oh, okay. Just no. I mean, now we're talking high functioning. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I would still be at work for twelve hours a day, but I'd just like go to the bathroom and do Pick the at your skin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like forty scratches each, and just to draw some blood, and then you, you go back to work, kind of thing. But exactly forty. That was part of it. Uh, you know, sometimes I would go crazy on some. Sometimes I would do full eighty. You know, it just uh, depended on wait on some the day on the what space. freckles. Is that the like, what's the goal? To get rid of freckles or marks on your skin or what? I didn't know what it was. I oh, just, okay. It was gotcha. just uh, putting the energy somewhere. It wasn't. Yeah. It was just, it was like up and down my arms and legs and torso and the whole bit. It was just like, gotcha. just scratches. Yeah. Mm. I conked myself in that. I hit myself in the head with that thing a bunch no. of times. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm sorry. That well, Adam Ganser and I got in a big fight. Uh-huh. <laughs> this was recent. I... Well, he doesn't care. Uh, mm. Recently, the very first time I've ever had what I consider an attack of my things that I do. Uh-huh. Not in front. Like, I've only ever done that in front of my significant other and family members. Sure. And I did it in front of Adam, my good friend, but just a friend, you know? Yeah. And that was like a big threshold. I was like, oh, Whoa. shit. Now he knows I'm crazy. <laughs> It's the greatest feeling in the world, just being like, okay, it's out. And it's going to change the nature of how he thinks about me when he sees me. And he goes, no, it won't. And I go, yeah, 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 it will. (laughs) (laughs) But you'll be nice about it and the feeling will fade. It's always important to be suspicious of your friends and their intentions. Specifically what they think of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that you think they're all great. You can't believe they even want to hang out with you. <laughs> but secretly, you know, they all know your shit. <laughs> right. That's it's what they talk about when you're not in the room. Proven probably. time and time again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad I stalled because we both got like a one-two punch of things we were called suddenly uh, out. Yeah. Um, sort of got your origin story at the end of the movie. Uh, yeah. Which feels like a good climactic way to, <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, best of luck in all of your endeavors, but especially in mitigating the self-harm behavior, but it's so, I think it means a lot. I know it means a lot because we get responses from people listening, uh, that you're willing to share that because most people who end up at some point in their lives engaging in self-harm, 
think that they like invented it. No one else has ever done that. <laughs> you know, and that makes yeah. them even weirder. Yeah. So that's a big feature on this podcast is letting you know that's not that weird. Hey, dummy, <laughs> it wasn't your idea. You still shouldn't do it if you can help it, but it's not that weird. You're not yeah. special. It's even uh, there's it's even <laughs> less incentivized once you realize it's not even an original thing to do. Sure. Everyone's oh, doing man, it. Yeah. I mean Henry Rollins' career is built on cutting the back of his neck. All right, now some black <laughs> flag fans are gonna be mad at me, so let's get out of this. <laughs> and you know people who listen to a podcast about depression like their black flag. <laughs> um Jamie, yeah, whatever you want to share, but I'd love to hear a little about you. It seems like you always have a show in the works, a live show. Uh, yeah, I've been working on a show called uh, Boss Who Miss Girl that I'll be uh, touring with in the next couple of months. I'm workshopping it now in L.A., and then it'll probably be coming to several cities. Not sure which yet, but um, easiest, most reliable way to find me is uh, on the Bechdel cast every Thursday. Yep. Um, and then on the Daily Zeitgeist sometimes. And where would people follow for updates on if you're coming to their town? Oh, uh, probably on uh, Twitter or Instagram. So, you know, the things I described having a yeah. very unhealthy relationship. <laughs> right. with. Uh, like, I'll definitely see your I'll reply. I'll be there. <laughs> uh Jamie Loftus, Jamie Loftus help on Twitter and then uh, Jamie Christ Superstar on Instagram. Dope. Yeah. All right. I will hoist us out of the pit in this chain and bucket contraption that we've I, been in. Th- I'm time. glad you brought it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having me. I really Otherwise, we would have had to just leap into the muck. Otherwise, we would it. just die here. Yeah. yeah. Bye bye. Bye. This has been a Small Beans endeavor. We're a bunch of pals who make podcasts, sketches, music, web series, and movies. The Beans always have new ideas percolating, so make sure to check us out at patreon.com smallbeans. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash smallbeans, where you can browse all of our current and past content, see what we've got planned in the future, and learn how your support can help the Small Beans grow into huge, giant monster beans. If you enjoyed this content module, please like, rate, subscribe, or tell a friend about us. We love you!